the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. And this is former United States Congressman J.D. Hayworth in for Seth, who is on the mend. Thank you for spending some time with us. Closed out last hour with all the high-tech hoo-ha, where the the Alphabet Networks, uh, the New York Times, the Washington Post, heck, probably the Arizona Repugnant, all mad at Elon Musk because of doxing, the the journalist decided to list Musk's whereabouts. Elon Musk may be a rich guy, but there are a lot of people who uh, would like to see him pushing up daisies. And I will just tell you, uh, long ago, but not so far away, at another radio station here in town, a guy with whom I work, a guy who I for whom I have a lot of respect, he got a little upset and decided to give out the uh, the address, the home address of the publisher of the Arizona Repugnant. The guy got a four day vacation, and I cannot say that I disagree with uh, the decision of the powers that be back then at that particular station. Now, some folks say, oh, in the old days, golly, J.D., you know, you go through the old yearbooks and uh, people's addresses would be there. Major League Baseball players, you'd see their addresses. Well, that was a long time ago. I mentioned that, and I mentioned the fact that Elon Musk may sense a clear and present danger because it has come before to our country, sadly, And this headline prompted all of this. Thousands, and this comes from the New York Times, thousands of documents relating to John F. Kennedy's assassination are released. Researchers said they were just beginning to comb through the 13,173 documents, hoping they might shed further light on the government's actions before and after November 22, 1963. Sounds like a bunch, right? What you don't read in that article is whole bunch more still off limits, even though a law has been passed. Congress passed it. It was signed into law saying, hey, you got to send us the info. Can I can I take you back to that day 59 years ago? I want you to hear the coverage from Channel 8 Dallas, WFAA-TV. I want you to hear, this is Earl J. Watson. He and the guy who played the kid show host, Mr. Peppermint, down at Channel 8, given where the studios were in Dallas back in the day, they were just around the corner. And after seeing something horrific, they ran back to the station, and Earl J. Watson went on the air. Good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen. You'll excuse the fact that I'm out of breath, but... About 10 or 15 minutes ago, a tragic thing from all indications at this point has happened in the city of Dallas. Let me quote to you this. 
and I'll, you'll excuse me if I am out of breath. A bulletin, this is from the United Press from Dallas. President Kennedy and Governor John Colony have been cut down by assassin's bullets in downtown Dallas. They were riding in an open automobile when the shots were fired. The president, his limp body carried in the arms of his wife, Jacqueline, has rushed to Parkland Hospital. Uh, and if you'll excuse me if I give some directions and we talk about what we're going to do here for the next few minutes. But, Bobby, let's tape this, if you please, particularly the interview with the eyewitness people. It is being taped good. Here's a uh, piece of copy that was rushed uh, to me and was torn off from the United Press in Dallas. President Kenny has been shot in Dallas, has been shot in Dallas, Texas. He was shot as a motorcade left downtown Dallas. Mrs. Kennedy jumped up and grabbed the president. She cried, oh, no, as the motorcade sped on. You hear that. And the irony was Jay Watson's running back, and he's taking the wire copy from UPI. He would go on to detail what he saw. They brought in eyewitnesses to the assassination of JFK, and the ABC network joined WFAA for a good part of its coverage. Channel 8 Dallas did an exceptional job that day. Would you... Give me the favor of returning almost 60 years through a child's eyes. I will try to read this expeditiously. It is emotional because I remember what that was like. It's come and gone again that day remembered from so long ago. And with each passing year, the date stirs memories of what was and what might have been. It was a warm day for late November 1963. Relatively warm temperatures in the American South were not unusual, but with Thanksgiving just six days away, the five-year-old yearned for snow. After all, the TV commercials for a certain soup company depicted kids coming home from, from school for lunch with white stuff on the ground and more falling from the sky. Sure, the commercial extolled the benefits of a warm bowl of soup, but it was the snow that captivated the kindergartner. On this particular Friday, his lunch fare did not include soup, just the obligatory peanut butter sandwich, enhanced by the grandmotherly touch of toasting the bread. The boy had been brought by his mother to the home of his maternal grandparents following his half-day of kindergarten at the Jack and Jill nursery because his mom had to attend a luncheon meeting of the Junior Women's Club where peanut butter would never be found on the menu. The five-year-old found his visits to Nanny and Papa's house a genuine treat, and why not? Grandparents are known for granting certain indulgences to their grandchildren, and Nanny was no different. Papa owned and operated a small grocery store, so he was busy at work, but he kept the refrigerator stocked with bottles of Dr. Pepper. The kindergartner couldn't decipher the meaning of 10 4 on the bottle's label, but that mystery was washed away by the satisfying taste of the carbonated nectar. Well sated by his noontime banquet... The boy sat down directly in front of his grandparents' black-and-white TV set to watch the early afternoon shows on the newest channel available. One of the curiosities of the kindergartner's development 
was his precociousness when it came to television. Still unable to print his name properly, the five-year-old was well-versed in the realities of TV to the point where he was well aware of the three different networks. A news station, in fact, had just signed on in his hometown nine weeks earlier, and its affiliation with ABC completed the TV troika. Channel 8 High Point was running a sitcom the boy would come to regard as the progenitor of the love boat as he grew into young adulthood and became aware of the medium's premise for, or promise for, premise recycling. The Gale Storm Show, Oh Susanna, featured the aforementioned Miss Storm as a cruise director for an ocean liner with Zazu Pitts as her wacky sidekick. Midway through that episode's monochromatic misadventures, a bulletin from ABC News interrupted. Here is a special bulletin from Dallas, Texas. Three shots were fired at President Kennedy's motorcade today in downtown Dallas. To repeat, in Dallas, Texas, three shots were fired at President Kennedy's motorcade today. Stay tuned to your ABC station for further details. And as quickly as the bulletin interrupted the program, the sitcom returned with a cacophony of canned laughter. The boy sat transfixed, pondering the news he'd just heard. Perhaps it was the process of wrapping his five-year-old brain around the disturbing development. More likely, it was the admonition to stay tuned and the quick return to regular programming. Whatever the reason, it would take three additional bulletins and the introduction of a strange new word to the kindergartner's vocabulary before he sought out his grandmother. Nanny! Nanny, President, President Kennedy's been, a sub, been shot! His grandmother fixed a steely gaze on her eldest grandchild. Gone was the indulgent smile that heretofore <laughs> that heretofore softened her features. It had been replaced by a cold stare that unnerved the five-year-old to a greater extent than the news he'd heard in the network bulletins. John David, you shouldn't make up stories like that. What a horrible thing to say. I'm not making it up, Nanny. The news is on TV. Come watch with me. And so his grandmother called his granddad, who confirmed that he had heard it on the radio. And the President of the United States... John Fitzgerald Kennedy was dead. I thank you for the indulgence. Forgive the emotion. But again, for just a moment, I relive that as a five-year-old. Back to talk about the implications in just a minute. Six zero two five zero eight zero nine sixty AM nine sixty The Patriot KKNT JD for Seth twenty one minutes after four next hour following the news at five blow out the phones think of it as open phones on steroids again I thank you for the indulgence 
Because when I think of that day in November of 1963, I see things as a five-year-old. And it is not, it is not uh, an understatement. In fact, it's, uh, it's not an exaggeration to say the world changed that day. Now, you and I began discussion of the topic when I, when I spoke about thousands of documents relating to John F. Kennedy's assassinations are released. This happened yesterday. You can read the article in the New York Times. But last night on Tucker Carlson Tonight, the host said, yeah, it sounds like a lot of documents, but listen to cut six. That would be thousands of pages of documents after nearly 60 years, after the death of every single person involved. But we still can't see them. Clearly, it's not to protect any person. They're all dead. It's to protect an institution. But why? Well, today we decided to find out. We spoke to someone who had access to these still hidden CIA documents, a person who was deeply familiar with what they contained. We asked this person directly, did the CIA have a hand in the murder of John F. Kennedy, an American president? And here's the reply we received verbatim. Quote, the answer is yes. I believe they were involved. It's a whole different country from what we thought it was. It's all fake. It's all fake. That is an indictment of the bulk of my life in the United States. Your ears hear that, and yes, you go, wait a minute, well, Tucker, you didn't give us the person's name. Kind of funny when it comes from a conservative outlet, oh, anonymous sources. But the stuff we heard on all the fake Russian collusion was somebody, a third party said, but you understand my point here. And I don't want to get lost in the partisanship of today And nor do I want to just kick this under the rug. If this is true, if American intelligence had a hand in the violent death of an American president, what does it all mean? Tucker had an idea last night. Take a listen to Cut 7. It means that within the U.S. government, there are forces wholly beyond democratic control. These forces are more powerful than the elected officials that supposedly oversee them. These forces can affect election outcomes. They can even hide their complicity in the murder of an American president. In other words, they can do pretty much anything they want. They constitute a government within a government, mocking by their very existence the idea of democracy. Now, you know, I have uh, had a bone to pick with Tucker, when he always refers to this nation as a democracy, we are a constitutional republic, the law is supposed to matter, and yet, technically, we're a democratic republic. Those who are in government service are to heed the laws created, the policies created by those who serve in elective office. As it was explained by one of our founders so long ago to a visitor from Europe, here, sir, 
the people govern. And if there is some super secret, well, you can't even call it a star chamber because that was a court used by our British cousins to throw people in the slammer to deny them their rights to national law, natural law and national law. If if we take this where that unnamed source tells us we're going, is this all an illusion? Is this all sound and fury signifying nothing? I pray not. But you take a look at where we are today. When you and I parted company yesterday, there was Tony the Flea Fauci on MSNBC not understanding why, oh, there's going to be disinformation. People are going to reject sound science for misinformation. Hey, fleabag Fauci, you are the guy propagating a good chunk of the disinformation. And so now, have we reached almost 60 years after that horrible day in Dallas, have we reached the point where there is no trust? And (laughs) there's plenty to go around. Why, in in mere moments, we'll return to that high-tech government collusion in the area of public health. And a little bit after that, you are going to hear the press secretary for the current occupant at 1600 Pennsylvania Avenue tell you that the current administration has a plan to secure the border. That is... As Title 42 expires early next week, and an honest-to-goodness invasion is unleashed. I've talked about it for years. I was assailed writing a book that talked about in Chapter 1, my book, Whatever It Takes, what was the name of Chapter 1? Invasion. I quoted the Constitution, a document of limited and enumerated powers. The United States shall guarantee to every state in this union a Republican form of government. Independents, Libertarians, Democrats, rest easy, small r Republican, again meaning in the form of a republic where law is supreme. The United States shall guarantee to every state in this union a republican form of government and shall protect each against invasion. If the left gets its way and Shady Katie is installed, do you think there's going to be any protection here in Arizona? If the same crowd in charge is letting Title 42 expire, has done nothing to secure the border, how on earth can we believe things anymore? It is a very tough topic for a Friday. But if you have some thoughts, I would invite them. 602-508-0960. AM 960 is the Patriot. KKNT. 
asking the tough questions from the people who have something that, as of yet, has not been taken away, the right to your opinion, the right to speak out. You tell me, where are we now as a nation? It's J.D. for Seth. Six zero two five zero eight zero nine sixty. The number to call here at AM nine sixty. The Patriot KKNT. And uh, however you're listening to us, like via streaming audio at nine sixty thepatriot dot com. Like my old pal Joe, checking in from Saint Paul, Minnesota. Joe, welcome back to the John broadcast. David, John David, thank you for the emotional moment. The difference between you and the lefties is they would be incapable of that, looking back to when they were five. Incapable. As far as the documents, the limited release of the JFK documents, there isn't any rational reason why we can't know except something is being covered up. As Tucker said, everybody involved is long gone. I was 19. I cannot believe that at this late date we're not going to get the information, which all it does is arouse suspicion. And I'm sure you have thoughts on that. Well, it what amazes me, because, and you think about this, Joe, and the mention was made last night. We hear this term bandied about because so effective was its, uh, its insulting, pejorative nature. Oh, you guys are conspiracy theorists. That particular combination of words did not exist until or was never used anywhere until after the events of November 22nd, 1963. And I have had some people who have come to me during my days in Congress and with a wink and a nod, uh, you know, this is a big joke, right? You, You must be in on it. And I'm going, what are you talking about? No. Now, this is true, Joe. The government has grown so huge, so leviathan, so unresponsive that it is true in a variety of different instances. The the right hand doesn't know what the left hand is doing. But again, given the fact that the people involved as decision makers have been gone low these many years. This is not to preserve reputations. It is to preserve institutions. And if we have learned anything, whether the events of long ago, almost 60 years ago, or the events within the last six years, where we see, if you're looking for collusion, look no further than the Federal Bureau of Investigation, run by a 6'8 ethical pygmy in James Comey, and his successor uh, <laughs> ain't worth chopped liver either. So you have seen the domestic law enforcement agency torn asunder by being involved politically and we're we're just getting the news this afternoon, Joe. We're just if getting... anybody took a look at the Warren Commission report, it's so full of holes it's unbelievable. Well, it's one of those things where you get overloaded in all these documents, uh, 
But do you really get the answer? Here's just the other thing I need to tell you. Postmillennial.com. Breaking. Twitter files show Twitter under under the uh, the leadership of Homeless Jack with all his body piercings looking like a poor guy out in front of a bus station somewhere. FBI sh- <laughs> Twitter files show uh, that Twitter acted as a subsidiary of the FBI. In other words, yeah, the, uh, uh, the Democrats are worried about these guys, so you check them out. The level of domestic spying is enough to, uh, I am sorry to say it this way, but I will use the expression of one of my high school football coaches, mad one day at some missed blocking assignments, you linemen make me want to puke, he said. And I'll tell you how any reasonable person could not be sick at heart, could not be sick to their stomach by the rot that has infested what was once a constitutional republic. This transcends partisanship. People probably were amazed to hear me get so emotional. Not not for the policies, not for the, the martyrdom, not for the telegenic images of one John Fitzgerald Kennedy, but for what may in fact have happened. Joe, I appreciate the call. Merry Christmas to you and Mary. Season's blessings to you, Joe, and all those great grandkids. Joe is a guy who is doing, thank you, brother. He's looking great at 88. I hope I am at 81. Well, hey, those next seven years are going to be like heaven, brother. I appreciate the call, Joe. Thank you. Bless you, buddy. Do you have some ideas on this? Because I've got more evidence of the rot ahead. Not exactly happy on a Friday afternoon, but we got to talk about it. It's J.D. for Seth, coming up on 20 minutes till 5. Sixteen minutes till five, following the news at five, blow out the phones, open phones on steroids, anything, everything you want to talk about, you'll have exactly 30 seconds. 602-508-0960, AM960, The Patriot, J.D. Hayworth in for Seth Liebson. Seth's on the mend and uh, having a couple of days and the weekend. Well, we hope that gets his batteries charged and he's back on Monday. We're back to discuss uh, some more dismaying topics. Yes, the FBI using Twitter, other social media sites to essentially censor an incumbent president of the United States. And, of course, we spent the time earlier talking about a president who was taken from us and the disturbing dribble out of documents, documents that are supposed by law to all be shared now with the American people. 
so many of our institutions and government's so huge, you, you have to subdivide it. The intelligence community, public health, the regulatory state, those elected to public office, given the questions about election veracity, these are troubling times, or in the words of our Chinese adversaries, what is the ancient Chinese curse? May you live in interesting times. Remember all the attendant hoo-ha with COVID? And let me pause here, lest you misunderstand. I know firsthand the dangers inherent in that. My dad died of this. Other friends in their 80s likewise died. But the notion that an illness, that yes, in terms of actuarial tables, in terms of lifespan, in terms of demographics, was especially harmful to older people. The reaction that we had in this nation bordered on madness. On Fox News, Dr. Jay Bhattacharya of Stanford, who was among the physicians signing what came to be known as the Great Barrington Declaration. This learned Medical doctor, this practicing physician, also part of the faculty at Stanford, was censored by Twitter. Take a listen to Cut 8. I was actually blacklisted the day I joined Twitter. I joined in August 2021, mainly because I wanted to tell the public that we didn't need lockdowns, we didn't need school closures to manage the pandemic, that, that in fact there were other ways to do it by protecting vulnerable people. Uh, I was put on a trend blacklist the moment I joined. And to translate that, if, uh, if the tweet was trending, if it was picking up interest, it would go beyond uh, Dr. J's initial contacts or those who were following him on that website. So it was an effort to abridge his speech because, because Fauci and the other folks didn't want him saying that. And you have the poor cognitively challenged occupant at 1600 Pennsylvania Avenue with a poll-tested phrase, remember? This is a a pandemic of the unvaccinated. We're going to make it mandatory. And sure enough, there's Fauci, the nation's highest paid bureaucrat and he's about to take his leave because well because because there's going to be a change in the house and there might be he he just he better thank his lucky stars that uh, the democrats still have the majority in the united states senate because dr Rand paul was going to run roughshod all over his bureaucratic derriere
And, of course, uh, a practicing physician, the junior senator from Kansas, has come up with a bill to deal with all the questions about, well, wait a minute, you're in public health, but you're free to invest with big pharma in, well, maybe vaccines? And to top it off, you know, Fauci's wife is also a bureaucrat dealing with the regulation of vaccines and other medicines. Oh, but I'm I'm sure there's there's no no connection. No, not at all. You know what's fascinating about this whole experience, especially for the last uh, the last six years through, if you want to call it the age of Trump, the the press, I, I shouldn't be surprised. I, I've told you the stories before. Back when I was on the Ways and Means Committee, and we were the majority. You know, it used to be, and in debate it is a staple, that the affirmative team has the right to define terms. If you're the majority and you set the agenda, you should have the right to say, okay, here's what's important, here's what we're going with. But what we've seen consistently from a news media, not interested in speaking truth to power, but instead empowering and enfranchising the American left, what we see is a kind of willful ignorance. It's to the point where this... uh, This curious person, Sam Brinton, the undersecretary of the Department of Energy for Nuclear Waste, who, what is is the terminology? In the old days, you'd call him a cross-dresser. Some gender confusion going on, some some claiming a a gender status that uh, was non-traditional. I guess it's, what was it called, fluid gender status. Anyway, the guy turned out to be a klepto. Not only is he wearing women's clothes, and you have the bright red lipstick with his mustache, but in Las Vegas and in the Minneapolis airport, the guy who didn't have any luggage is carting off women's clothes. And it's gotten so bad, we're just now to the point where we go, wow, you mean they really canned the guy? And the press collectively, whoever was doing something wrong, if it was old Bill Clinton with perjury and all that stuff with interns, if it was Obama and all the stuff going on to uh, remake America in Obama's image, and some of the harmful things done there, forget about it. You, you, but if, if it's some sort of loose connection with the right, You're supposed to squint and hop on one foot and go, oh, yeah, oh, yeah, we see it now. It's crazy what's been going on. Another slice of insanity. When we come back, it's J.D. for Seth, AM 960, The Patriot, KKNT. Oh, man. Five minutes. So let's pot it up. That's the way we say in the business. Pot it up. Let's let's hear some of the monkeys. Pleasant Valley Sunday. I believe Carol King was one of the writers of this song. Pot it up again for just a second, please. Let's get to the chorus. There we go. Thank you. Uh, yeah. Uh, 
the post-war era, the mid-1960s, and the monkeys. And uh, so I got it for you right there. Hey, I promise now you got to get ready. 602-508-0960 after the news at 5. In memory of the late, great Bob Mohan, he granted me the rights, if you will, to blow out the phones. Open phones on steroids. And this is something you might want to react to. The White House press secretary, Karine Jean-Pierre, a woman embracing an alternative lifestyle, and uh, I guess uh, from uh, an immigrant from the Caribbean, when it comes to the border situation and the demise of Title 42, well, just listen to KJP, cut nine. And do you have an estimate of how many people you're expecting will try and cross the border when Title 42... Look, I don't have an estimate to share with you. What I can tell you is that the Department of Homeland uh, Homeland Security has put out uh, a six-point plan. As you all know, my uh, Secretary Mayorkas was at the border uh, just recently to talk about this plan, put out a statement. And so we are focused. Uh, we are focused and we are prepared. Uh, we will have more to share in the next coming days uh, on, this, uh, on this piece. Uh, but again, uh, we have uh, we have done the work from this administration by securing record uh, record funding, and we are asking Congress for Congress to act. Uh, we are not we are not asking for political stunts. We're, we continue to see political stunts from uh, many Republicans out there, and that's not how we're going to fix uh, this issue. Uh, no, no. To the left, the way you fix the issue is to redefine it. And did you hear what Ms. Jean-Pierre said? It's record funding. You see, the left always and forever equates your money being wasted, misdirected. You see, yeah, their plan is to roll these people in. They are going to fast-track these people. They're going to grant them legal status. They're going to claim that they are all, wherever they are from, Iceland or Ireland, or Eritrea, wherever they're from, coming in, they're, they're looking, they're searching for political asylum. And there will be corrupt, you talk about uh, judges gone wild, there is a curious hybrid in our bureaucracy of administrative law judges. And I'll tell you what's going to happen dimes to donuts The Biden bunch is going to have the border right there, and they are going to grant, they're going to grant instant status to make these people legal. Forget amnesty on the installment plan. It's going to be amnesty via bureaucratic fiat. Get ready. Your comments invited. Your 30 seconds coming up on Blow Out the Phones. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for donald trump to hire i find out the worst enemy that i'm going to face in my life is right here in america they took my assessment and they wanted me to change it i was like i'm not changing it they had to get rid of flynn 
with in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com, salemnow.com.